Take your Bibles, Ezekiel, if you can find it. There's no shame in not being able to find Ezekiel. There's no shame in that. Now, if you've been saved for 20 years, there probably is a little shame to it. But if you're a new Christian, Ezekiel, you don't nobody. You may have heard a guy named that, possibly, uh, but otherwise, you don't know where the book's at, and you have to get to the front of your Bible to find out the listing there, and then you can find out where it's at, what page it's on, all that. It would take you a while. If it's going to take so long you miss out what's being said, then just listen. People wanted, are asking me quite a bit and have asked me through the years about Israel. <clears throat> Israel became a nation in 1948, and 1967 had a war, 1973 had a war, and then now we're having this other war. This war is by far the biggest war they've ever had. But the, every time Israel goes to war, they fight for their life. Because there's a massive group of people around the world that want to see them extinguished, extinguished. I have a uh, Jewish oncologist, and I went with her this week, and I said to her, I said, do you understand where anti-Semitism comes from? She says, no. I said, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. The seed of the woman was to crush the serpent's head. The serpent didn't like to hear that. And who was the seed of the woman? Israel. Israel birthed to Christ, the son of the living God, Jesus. And he hates Israel. He's tried it in many, many ways, and it's too complicated to go through now, but very complicated. He's tried to destroy that seed line all the way down. He failed, and he was crushed at the cross and the resurrection. It crushed him, took his power base away. And so now he's a defeated enemy, but he is an enemy nevertheless. He keeps fighting in spite of the fact that he's lost and he will lose, but he's not given up the fight. And uh, it's illogical that any one group of people would hate another group of people just because they who are who they are. I mean, it's just crazy. Why would you hate black people because they're black? Why would you hate yellow people, Chinese people because they're Chinese? Why would you hate white people because they're white? It's not logical. It's just the base of an evil nature and the devil himself. And so I'm going to talk to you a little bit about a prophecy that I heard Netanyahu read. Netanyahu is the head of Israel, at least prime minister or whatever they call him. They have a little different parliamentary system. They don't have our system. And so I'm going to read. It's kind of, it says, uh, let's see, 14 verses. But if you don't have a Bible, you sure need to at least find this place in your phone, in your Bible, in your iPad, whatever you have. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and this is Ezekiel, and carried me out in the spirit of carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of dry bone, full of bones, full of bones. It caused me to pass by them round about. Behold, there were very many in an open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? That's the question of Isaiah thirty-seven. Can these bones live? And I answered and said, O Lord, thou knowest. And again he said unto me, Prophesy unto these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. You want to underline that. And I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and ye shall live. 
and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, and I, I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. Behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, and the bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and flesh came up on them, and the skin covered them above, and there was no, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy under the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied, and he commanded me, and a breath came unto them, and they lived. That's the fourth time. And stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. This is the application. Behold, they say, that is Israel says, our bones are dried and our hope is lost and we are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And when that happens, and this is my words, when that happens, what the Bible say? That ye shall know that I am the Lord. The purpose of this whole thing is so God will let you know he's God, Jehovah God. And when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and shall place you into your own land, then shall you know, that's it, that's the application, you shall know that I am the Lord, and I have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. The question posed by the prophet Ezekiel is, can these bones live? Has any nation that's ever been totally wiped out and scattered throughout the countries of Assyria and Babylon and all over the world ever regathered and formed that nation again? As far as I know, historically, never. It's not reasonable. Well, just let's go back to just the vision of the valley of dry bones. He asked the prophet, can these dry bones, can they live? Of course, it's not feasible that they could live. It's not reasonable that they could live. It's not historically been done before that they would live. No scientifically, and not scientifically possible, not logical, not anatomically possible, not physically possible. Absolutely no nada nine. Once, once a person has been died and gone into bones and they're dry and upon the desert floor, can these bones live? The average person would say that. This is not possible. These dry bones cannot live. It's simply too late. It's too far gone, too lifeless, too separated, too scattered, too dry. So what is God saying to Ezekiel? At the time of this writing, Ezekiel had seen the ten northern tribes taken away by Assyria and literally scattered into throughout the world. Many, most of them killed, scattered. They were, uh, two southern tribes had been taken by Babylon. And Ezekiel's a captivity prophet, he's in captivity, 
Jerusalem's been burnt down three different times. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar went to Jerusalem, tore the, finally tore the walls down, burnt the temple down, tore it down, made it a place of putting your waste material. They were scattered to the four winds. They were disobedient. They were rebellious. They were, had, they were in unbelief. That characterized them. Almost the whole time they've been together as a nation, Israel. All hope for revival seemed to be gone. After all, they were mingled. The records of their tribes were probably lost. The records of the, at least the ten northern tribes lost. Who was who? The genealogies were lost. Their cities are now occupied by foreigners living off the labor of their, land, of their hands. Ezekiel, these tribes of Israel, these 12 tribes of Israel are finished. It's over. They're expired. They're dead. They're very dry, past saving in any description. If ever I've seen an impossible situation in the Bible, that's an impossible situation. Then God comes into the picture. Oh, you dry bones, you nation of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. And I say that this morning. If you're dry spiritually, if you're backslidden spiritually, if you're out of the way spiritually and you're so far from God you didn't believe you could get any further away from God, hear the word of the Lord. You shall live. What can make the impossible possible? This prophecy of dry bones in 37 Ezekiel is a two-fold prophecy. It happens in numbers of prophecies. Isaiah 7.14 was for the day they lived. Also, it meant for the Christ which was coming. Prophecies oftentimes have two fulfillings. They have the literal moment fulfilling and then a, a prophetic filling down the road. That's not unusual. This one's the same way. You have the fulfilling of the nation of Israel being regathered and put back in their land. And then you have further this prophecy will be fulfilled when he resurrects them and puts them into their land in the millennial, those who believe. And Israel will be regathered, and every promise made to Abraham about the seed of, of, of Israel will be fulfilled in detail. 50% of all prophecy in the Bible has been fulfilled. It's been fulfilled literally, exactly as pronounced. Why wouldn't the other 50% that's yet to be fulfilled be fulfilled exactly as pronounced? What can make the impossible possible? The Word of God. Oh, today, if you would have faith, in the Word of God. You never want to underestimate the power of the Bible, the Word of God. That's why I'm enthused about passing tracts out, because I believe in the power of the Word of God. That's why I believe you can throw a gospel track on the ground and somebody will pick it up and be converted. Why? Power of the Word of God. That's why I believe you can be a, a witness to somebody and quote them a verse 
and it be enough to convert them by the grace of God as the Holy Spirit combined with the Word of God works. Never underestimate the power of the Word of God. We believe in the preaching of the Word of God. We believe in the speaking of the Word of God. We believe in the singing of the Word of God. We believe in the written, printed, printing of the Word of God to spread it around as much as possible. And also, we personally, this as a church, we challenge our people to read the Word of God once a year, at least once a year. That is a baseline commitment. I've seen people pick that up and say, I'm going to read it. And it changed the way they look. I'm not pulling your leg. You can go to plastic surgery if you want to and come out looking like some monster. Or you can read the Bible and get the heavenly glow. That's what I call it. I call it the heavenly glow. And there's nothing more beautiful when it comes out from inside out. Amen? The Bible, the Word of God, the creator of heaven and earth gave his word. Jesus tells his disciples, John chapter 5, verse 28, something marvelous. He says, marvel not at this. Don't be in wonder and in awe at this, he would say, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They have done good under the resurrection of life, and they have done evil under the resurrection of damnation. It's not possible, preacher. God loves to do the impossible. To Abraham said, Romans chapter 4, 17 says, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which are not as though they were. I like that. What's never happened before doesn't make any difference with God. There's been no nation scattered through the, through the out like the children of Israel have, and yet keep their identity. The, the Jewish people can be in America, yet they're Jewish. They can be in Argentina, yet they're Jewish. They can be in Brazil, and yet be Jewish. They can be in Africa, and yet be Jewish. They can be in China, and yet be Jewish. They can be in Philippines, and yet be Jewish. They can be in Japan, and yet be Jewish. You take us and pull us into those nations, and our kids... They'd be speaking that language and wouldn't even know they were from America. They'd amalgamate. They call it amalgamation. It's normal for people when they move in an area to amalgamate into the society to pick up that which is around them, the culture around them, the language around them. People worry about Spanish folks coming in. The, the, the group that comes in, they're going to speak Spanish. They're not going to speak English. If they do, it'll be a little. The second group, their children, they're going to speak English mostly and a little Spanish. The th their kids are going to speak all English and no Spanish. An amalgamation is powerful. It's powerful. He says, I believe, by the way, we serve a God who can cause dry bones to live again. Can these dry bones live? God can take the atomized dust of the human body and form them again. He can find the digested remains of eaten people that were eaten by sharks or eaten by animals or eaten by wolves and cause them to live again. Why, preacher? Because if God can regather the nation of Israel that was scattered and amalgamated throughout the 2,000 years and reform them, he can do anything. 
If God can resurrect the dead and bring them together and their molecules, wherever they have to be scattered over thousands of years and bring them together, he can handle your problem. Can these dry bones live? Isaiah 49, 15 says, Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? And what would you say? Can a woman forget her child? Yes. That's what the Bible says here. Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. I like that. When I first read that verse, my answer would have been, no, a woman would never forsake her child. But that was before abortion. The sacred trust that God has placed in women to carry a human being in them that is helpless, hapless and hopeless without her. God says women may do it. They may forget, but I'm not going to forget you. Don't that, don't that comfort you some this morning? Because there's a nation of Israel halfway around the world, there's a God in heaven. There's a God in heaven. It says to Jeremiah, people say, well, there's a group of people that want to say that the church is Israel. We are not Israel. We are the body of Christ. We are in the Bible are very distinct and, and separate from the children of Israel. The promises given to the children of Israel, the promises given to the children of Israel. And because God, that group thinks that somehow God's forgotten the children of Israel and, and has replaced them with us. He has not. He has not. He says, Jeremiah. You think he can forget the children of Israel? In Jeremiah 33, 20 says, Thus saith the Lord, If I can break my covenant of the day and my covenant of the night, that this should not be a day and a night in their season, then may also my covenant be broken with David my servant, and he shall not have a son to reign on his throne with the Levites, the priests, and my ministers. And he says in verse 22, As the host of heaven cannot be numbered. Now this is before the Hubble telescope, before the other telescope that went out. They thought, actually from visually they say, if you go to the darkest place on earth and you lay back there and you got a good calculator, you can count about 3,000 stars. And when he told Abraham this promise, Abraham, because they didn't have electricity, didn't have light pollution, he could probably look back and see the Milky Way and say, wow, there's a lot of stars there. God says, there's so many stars you couldn't number them. You can't number them. And what we've learned from science since then is you can't number them. There's a gazillion. He says, as the heaven cannot be numbered, neither the sand of the sea measured. So I will multiply the seed of David, my servant, and the Levites that minister unto me. Why should God do this? Cries Ezekiel. That ye may know that I am the Lord. Some 63 times in the book of Ezekiel alone, the phrase occurs to his displaced and his hopeless people setting in Babylon in captivity. Babylon was known for worshiping idols, especially gold and silver. 
Assyria was one of the cruelest nations that's ever been, ever been recorded in history. The ten tribes were taken by them and amalgamated and thrown all over the place. Most of them killed. The rest of them were in Babylon. This thing looks hopeless. And God says, I'm going to do this that you may know that I'm the Lord, that I'm God. And God wants you to know that he is. He wants you to recognize him in every area of your life, provided that he provides all things. So you realize this morning you're here because God has allowed you to be here. You realize you're alive today and taking breath today and can think today, can reason today, because God Almighty has given permission for you to do that. You say, well, I eat well, I take vitamins. What goes into a man's mouth really is not what defiles a man. It's what comes out. The spirit is what he's saying as I'm emphasizing. God emphasizes our spirit, which defiles us without God. We need to recognize even life itself comes as a gift from him. Recognize that all wealth, all success, all possessions, all talent come from him in the big picture. Can these dry bones live? They can, because God said they could, and he breathed in them life in 1948, and this prophecy is being fulfilled uh, point by point. The first thing he did was he let them go 2,000 years without a temple. By the way, they still don't have a temple. You realize since 70 AD, Jesus, they crucified their Messiah. He came into his own, his own received him not. They said when, in, in, before Pilate when they were telling Pilate to crucify Christ, knowing he was innocent, knowing he hadn't done anything wrong, they were simply jealous of him, afraid of he was going to take their power base. And so they said, let his blood be upon us and our children. And God said, I will. And the Jews have been tormented and persecuted and driven from 2,000 years without a nation. After World War II, finally, God put people together, put it in the mind of people to give them this land that, which was theirs long before the Palestinians ever thought about it. And he said, I'm going to give you that land. And the people of the world said, we're going to give you that land. The Palestinians but you're going to have to take it. You're not going to give it to you. So in 1948, they went to war. They took back the land. Israel was created a nation. I wasn't alive until 1951. I wasn't really thinking well until 19, maybe 58, 59. But I'd hear preachers talk about it. How about this is a sign. The sign of the end times is Israel's become a nation. I mean, they made a big deal. When it was close to happening, they made a big deal of that thing. They kicked their heels together and said, the prophecy has happened. The impossible has happened. Israel now is a nation. Oh, they were weak, though. Time has passed. They become stronger and stronger and stronger. Adam stood in a lifeless mound of dirt, and God sculptured him and shaped him and then breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. God breathed into him the breath of life. God, call, God can cause these dry bones. Enter. Now, if I may say it this way, Israel's back in the land, but they're back in the land without breath. They're still in unbelief. They still have not recognized Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God. I told my oncologist, I said, we believe that your nation 
brought forth the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus. They're in unbelief, but it's coming. Pretty soon there'll be, the, I believe, the rapture of the church is going to take place where the body of Christ leaves this world because of the restraining power we have to restrain evil because we're the salt of the world. There's many reasons why. And the devil will be finally allowed without much of almost any restraint to begin to manipulate and, and deceive the nations in the way he's never done it before, called the tribulation period. He's going to sign a peace treaty with the children of Israel so they can build their temple. And for the first time in all, over 2,000 years, they're going to be able to sacrifice lambs again. Of course, that's an insult to the Christ. They're going to sacrifice those lambs and everything looking for the Messiah to come, they're going to rebuild the temple. And you know in the middle of that tribulation period, the beast is going to come to that temple as if he was going to dedicate it, and he's going to set up his image in where the Holy of Holies is, and he's going to say, I am God. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And he tells the Jews, flee. Flee to the mountains, flee. Don't go upstairs to pick your junk up. Flee, flee, because there'll be persecution. The dragon is angry at the woman who gave forth the Messiah, and he's going to try to, to annihilate them once and for all. He's tried to annihilate them over and over and over through, through the various countries that they've lived through the centuries, and he's failed, and he's failed, and he's failed, and he's failed. Why? Because God won't let it happen. And then the 19th chapter of Revelation, he's coming back. In fiery indignation, in, I'm going to get it. Fiery indignation. He's coming back. He's not coming back as a lamb. He's coming back as a lion. To take vengeance on them who know not God and obey not the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus, don't you be one of those folks. Come to Christ. Can these dry bones live, Christian? Remember when your back's against the wall, when there's no hope in sight, when everybody around you is naysaying and said it can't be done, you're dried up, you can't go, there's no more revival, God can't go and help you, you can't take one more step forward, you're completely shot. You've cried so many tears, you can't cry anymore. Despondency fills your heart. God can make your dry bones live again. Keep in the way, keep in the truth, keep in the life. The resurrection day is coming when God will take your broken dreams, your disappointments, your heartaches, your griefs too personal to talk about, take all that hopelessness that fills your heart and say, live, live, live. How many are happy to be a Christian today? When I got saved, God basically came and breathed into me the breath of life, the Holy Spirit, and placed in me that spirit. And it's caused me to live. I'm 71 now. That was 18 years old. 71 now. 
And I can tell you, a Christian has lived for God, and we're nobody's perfect. We've all failed. We all have some regrets. But a person who, generally speaking, you've tried to live for God, you live, you get old, you don't have regrets about the past. Oh, there's minor stuff, but the big stuff, you don't have regrets. I'm glad I stayed married to Kathy for 52 years. I'm glad I resisted the temptation to drop her for some young thing. So she could milk me and leave me when I got old. The Bible weighs the best way. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It's just the best way. You say, I'm already messed up. God can cause you to live. I already messed up, preacher. Yeah, but God will take what you give him and cause you to live. He'll cause you to live. God can bring Israel back as a nation in 1948 and will, by the way, fulfill every little word spoken about the nation. He'll eventually bring them back in the millennial period for 1,000 years. He's going to be king, as in he's going to be, he's a child of David. He's going to fulfill the prophecy. He'll now never cease to have a son sitting upon the throne. Of course, he's talking about Jesus. He's going to sit upon the throne of Israel and he's going to rule and reign with them and they're going to rule and reign with him. And where the church is going to be in that whole thing. And evil will finally be gone. Man. Can these dry bones live? They're living. They're living. They're back in the land. The end times are being fulfilled. Prophecy is being fulfilled exactly as said. It's time for you to trust Jesus with your problems. He can take He can take your problems and fix them if you'll give your heart to Him. With all, if you give, if I may say, with all your heart, you'll seek God. Love the Lord thy God with all thy strength, all thy might, all thy mind, all thy soul, all thy spirit, and God Almighty will come and help you in ways that you thought was impossible. May God help us to see it. Father in heaven, thank you today for the word of God. Thank you for its power. Help us to have faith in it. When it's dark, help us to have faith because there'll be a day of light. There may be some here this morning without Christ as their personal Savior. May, oh God, you move. May they trust you, give their life to you. May, Lord God, your hand be upon the born-again Christians that are walking and seeking to walk in your way. May I encourage them, no matter how crazy this world becomes, may we stay, be steady looking up to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If God, the Holy Spirit, is whispering to you this morning, don't let it pass. Act upon it. We're here for you. If you'd like somebody to pray with you or talk to you, we're here for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you and God bless.